We're really hitting it out of the park so far. <laughs> I really don't know when to talk. I have no idea. 30 seconds. I'll 30 seconds. Timer. Oh. <laughs> I got a timer. I got a timer. I'm at 15. Yep. Bro. I see 22. Is it? Is that more or less than a million? I see a lot more than that. Boys. Five. Gentlemen, that timer right there. That's what that means. Welcome everyone to the first ever live version of the Run Local podcast. Huh. Presented by Excite Credit Union and Sports Basement. Now, we ask your patience as we try to master streaming the internet at the same time as holding a reasonable conversation. We're going to be doing these things as we're going to be juggling master of the internet. This is like... Um, this is, this is amazing stuff. So, of course, the Run Local podcast is where we invite guests across the spectrum of society, including elite athletes, entrepreneurs, local legends, Olympic athletes, and beyond. We utilize the sport of running to learn more about these individuals, their local community, and what they're doing to change the world. In the end, we believe in the power of movement and mm, doing the doable. Josh, my co-host extraordinaire, the voice of Run Local Events. Do we have a show for you? JT, uh, as always, we have an amazing show. Uh, lucky for all of our viewers, it's it's actually live. So you get to see uh, all the bells and whistles, all the, uh, the warts and more of producing a live um, podcast. So thanks for joining us all. Um, JT, talked a little bit about what's going on today. I know you've got a few things in store. Well, one thing that I am thrilled to announce before we get to our guests, which we know everybody's excited, is that one lucky uh, SOB will get a signed copy of Med's <laughs> book, $50 gift, sports basement gift certificate, a run local hat, and an entry into the Silicon Valley half Marathon presented by Excite Credit Union. You'll be notified after the podcast. So thank you for submitting all of your questions. We're going to get to those in a little bit. But since it's uh, the show with JT and I as a host, we get to ask our questions first. So yeah, JT, us first. Yes, this is perfect. I want to throw some <laughs> things at you to get things going here before we bring on our, our wonderful guest. I'm going to throw out a few names here. You tell me. Okay. You tell me what they all have in common. Okay. I'm Kira, ready. Madonna. Heard of her. Yep. Pele, mm -hmm. Picasso, Oof, good one. Escobar, <laughs> Malinke, <laughs> that one got me. Capone, Prince, Sting, Prince. Bono, Cher, Mario, Luigi, Seal. Tell me, <laughs> what do they all have in common? I could tell you, first of all, one thing. One name. One great name. That is that is the one thing that they have in common with our guest today. But tell me what <laughs> you think is missing from that I, list of, of names. Can I start chronologically? Head. I don't think Lewinsky <laughs> has. I don't think Lewinsky has a, a silver medal. I don't think so either. Not not. I don't think yet. Prince. I don't think Prince won the New York City Marathon. Josh. No, 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 no. He did not. Am I yelling? A little bit, but keep it coming. <laughs> And frankly, I don't know if one of the dictators on your list won the Boston Marathon either, Josh. No, no, uh, they did not. But I will tell you that our guest today not only uh, has done each of those, he is the only person in the history of the world to have won the Boston Marathon, the New York City Marathon, and own an Olympic medal. Uh, so with that, a huge, huge welcome to our guest, the man with only one name, <laughs> Meb. Welcome to the show, buddy. Meb. Hey, JT. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you guys. As we were conversing earlier, uh, we've been competitors at, uh, against each other for a long time. So I love what the sport does, how it unites us uh, to the best that we can, whether it was at the we were not in high school level, but high school level, collegiate level, or the professional level, or everyday lifestyle, that is. And for me, the sport of running has done some amazing thing in my life. It all started when I came here in the United States in 1987. 
for better opportunities and uh, chances. And uh, who knew that a seventh grade PE teacher, Duke Lord, said, if you run hard, you're going to get A in the class and I get a t-shirt. I'm like, sounds like familiar, t-shirt and an A. I said, well, <laughs> let me see what this thing is at. And I ran as hard as I can. And his surprise and mine, I ended up running uh, five minutes and 20 seconds. And I said, he goes, you're going to go to the Olympics. But little did I realize I never did not know what the Olympic word the word Olympic meant. I just wanted to get an A and a T-shirt. I point out to the T-shirt and I said, <laughs> "Where's my A?" You know, I would have been very very satisfied with that. Uh, but as a progressive, I went to San Diego High and wanted to make the league, just running. I just wanted to be on the team. And then eventually, with two of all those brothers, Futsum and Aklilu, I I was on the team where we won a CIF uh, state championship my freshman year, their senior and sophomore year, and. Going to the state meet was an awesome dream for me just because, wow, we made the state titles. And uh, I finished 25th, uh, but I wasn't disappointed. I was content because I was a top freshman there. I'm like, I want to keep this every year. I want to be top sophomore and top junior. And hopefully by my senior year, I could win. And fortunately for me, that dream did come true and uh, end up winning the state title my senior year. So the small progress that you make, that keep that dear my life, great things can happen. But you got to be very instrumental and very incremental, not Mm. just shoot out of the ballpark all the time. Instead, that that earned me to go to full ride to UCLA. And, you know, I met a lot of great friends. And uh, as uh, my good friend Josh there, so we met at a, st- at a race that, that you will talk about later how it was. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I mean, that, Meb, to be honest, that was probably the pivotal point in your career when you beat me by about three minutes in an 8K cross-country <laughs> race. I, I, you know, it is because I always say... <laughs> When I when I compete against my friends or rivals, they make me better who I am. Whether they're one second behind or ten seconds ahead of me, I'm gonna catch you next time. Or I'm glad I got you today by one second. You know, so <laughs> it's a friendly rivalry, but it's always great. And, and you know, while winning four NCAA title UCLA, I realized this thing that people say you are gonna be a beautiful runner. You can do this for a living and never cross for me until 1997. And I said, oh, maybe this is a possibility. And <laughs> And uh, I wanted to leave uh, UCLA early. Uh, I was a junior that year, but I always remember what my parents taught me, that education to kill life and getting a diploma from UCLA meant, will mean so much. And I wanted to stay another year to get my, uh, my diploma. And then after that, I graduated from UCLA in 99 with communication and business. And I said, let me see what this Olympic thing is about. Let me give it a shot. And in Sacramento, I was able to make my first Olympic team in the 10K and went to Sydney. Australia in 2000. Uh, I'm, you know, it was cool living there, uh, staying there, and uh, finishing 12. But then you want to make always a goal incremental as the Olympics every four years. I'm happy to wear that red, white, and blue, and I completely just uh, excited to be an Olympian. But I want to make another um, something prouder of our country. I want to win a medal for our country. Is what a goal I set for 2004, and then eventually keep going. And uh, we'll talk about those in details. But that's. And never give up on your dreams. Sometimes their dreams become right away and some of them delayed and they're even more gratifying because you want it so bad. And then when there's setbacks and obstacles, you're much more uh, appreciative, uh, whether it's just to run a mile or to win a race or just complete a race. And for me to be able to not give up my dreams, uh, 2008, it was almost all over as JT drinks his wine, you know, we're, uh, you know, at the trials together. And, I was and celebrating. I was celebrating 2008 <laughs> right there with you, Meb. The I only time we've been on the same start line, I think. Uh, and then probably the last, uh, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> and at that time, I, you know, when I didn't make the Olympic team, uh, I thought about retiring, but uh, keep your dream alive. And after that, I had a big resurgence again to be able to come back, make two Olympic teams and uh, win in the Boston and then the New York City Marathon. So it is a great honor to be here with you guys. Uh, um, and people who are online to be able to share my stories and what the present moment is all for us. Yeah. Well, Meb, thanks a ton. Hey, look, I know you throw that term around uh, honor very loosely. It's, uh, you know, it's JT and I for crying out loud, but we are super thrilled that you're here. Um, and we, we were talking a little bit before the show about just, you've got all these wonderful accomplishments. Uh, that have gone on, but we got a lot of viewer questions, and one of them, which I thought was really great, they want to kick it off. 
and we're going to go back in time a little bit, right? Just imagine we're just like sitting around when we can all kind of get together and hang out like a backyard barbecue. Maybe, maybe the three of us sitting around in backyard barbecue, you know, enjoying the summer day. <laughs> like you're grilling up whatever you want to grill up. Maybe it's a vegan sausage. Who knows what, what Meb's into? JT, it's probably just, you know, whatever. It's probably like a brick of tofu. Who knows what it is? But the big thing, Meb, is what is on your playlist as we're sitting back hanging out mm. in the backyard barbecue what's <laughs> what going year on here josh what year oh that's right? up to Meb. that's up to Meb. i'm just looking back <laughs> any day prior to social distancing we you know you know what we humans we evolve you know back in the days music is my passion i love music when i I run, you know, with social isolation now or social distancing. I love having music and going for a run. And recently I just listened like New York or Michael Jackson all times. But mm. back in the days, you know, you guys are my era. So, you know, when we first came, we didn't have CD player and the Walkman. And oh, yeah. we used to just, we used to skip, you know, we used to skip. And run the and disc man. The disc man <laughs> yeah, the disc man. Yeah. So you have to hold Especially. it. I mean, imagine running a, holding a book and going for a run. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I listen to Snoop or Tupac and Biggie and all that stuff. But as I yeah. have children now, I kind of evolved to different things uh, mm -hmm. that are more appropriate, age appropriate for the kids. But, yeah. you know, the back, you know, I'm all time. I love to hear all all time songs in the back of the barbecue. Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. So are you uh, are you more East Coast rapper or West Coast rap? Oof. You know, it's like he's saying Boston and New York, you know, they get along because we, we all run marathons and I live the West Coast. I'm a West Coast guy. I'm not going to claim East Coast. Right. I've been here only for about eight, nine months. I'm right. A West Coast guy. That's right. West <laughs> Side. <laughs> this is exactly how you yeah, so question. That came from Carlos Sequeiros, I think. <laughs> that was a great question. It was something like that. Carlos had some question. I'm sure we butchered it, but it was a very interesting question nonetheless. <laughs> Oh, uh, that, is, that is great. You know, JT, one of the things that, that, that Summer also has in common is uh, we were talking a lot about, and Meb, you had mentioned this a bit earlier, um, about the event that comes around every four years or so uh, in the summertime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is what I want to know about. Yeah, yeah. We're so talking, if we're talking summer pastimes, right? We're talking about we've all we've all been there. We've all trained for it. Some of us have been yeah. more successful than others, but we're talking about the been games, Meb. Four times. Four you times, know, I think. Yeah, I mean, so, it's, the, it's the pinnacle dreams of every athlete who over put the foot on the track or cross country or say, hey, I want to be an athlete. You hear about the Olympics, you know. Uh, for me, I've been very, very, very fortunate uh, through the Gus uh, Grace and his talent and my ability to work hard and the blessing that I gave me was able to make four Olympic team. My first one, like I alluded earlier, Sydney, Australia was my most memorable one. It was prior right. to 9-11. It was in Sydney, Australia. We went three weeks early to get accustomed to the, to the time zone. You know, everybody has to go in the village. I went to the village, stayed in the village, and I got the flu that was going around. Um, and mm -hmm. the lightest wasn't there, you know, the <laughs> corona or any, any chance yeah. of the flu. And uh, I ended up barely made the finals. I finished 12th in the Olympic Games. And I was excited. Before I left the stadium, I wanted to do something greater for our country, and that led to win a medal. At that time, when I set that goal, I really thought it was going to be more in the 10K than with a marathon because I haven't done a marathon yet. And a year later, I ended up breaking the American record at Stanford, the 27:13 in the 10K. Ooh. Mission accomplished. And I was I there. I was yeah, you know, I was, I was actually on the track for that uh, for that uh, 10K, Meb. Um, I was not racing, but I was on the track for it. <laughs> Uh, and it was an expression that dream came true. My first dream, I'm like, my jaw was so open, you know, I was like, I got it. You know, you dream for those things. And, uh, you know, and that point I said, I thought I had another chance to go in the 10K. Even the great Billy Mills was trying to convince me to run the 10K at the Athens Olympics. But because of the history, tradition, or where, how we got the name Marathon from Marathon to Athens to run the original. Mm -hmm. And Coach Larson and I, my mentor and coach Bob Larson, for a long time, we decided to go with a marathon. But I was just ready. And But sometimes it didn't have to be the favorite. You just got to believe in what you do. Uh, I was a 39th guy, fastest going into the field out of 101. And guess what? When you did the prepare right, preparation to keep the success. And we were prepared and uh, trained in Mammoth Lakes and went out. And Dina Kasser on the, on the women's mm -hmm. side got the bronze medal. And I came home with the silver medal. So that was 
for me that having that flag risen with the Italy Stefano Boldini and the Lima the Lima from uh, Brazil was huge. Mm-hmm. You have those dreams, you know. And I didn't play the national anthem, but you can see the flag has been risen because of you. So that makes it extra, extra, extra special. And then four years later, I'm like, all right, I think I'm gonna go for a gold. I'm excited for this. It was. I do start doing marathons. That was my fourth marathon. People say you get better with marathon, I, and I thought getting second in New York, third in Boston, third in New York. I'm like, I'm ready for the trials win and. As you say, JT, you were in that race, and uh, we had a, <laughs> well, it was a good place to be, and, uh, you know, we lost a good friend of uh, Ryan Shane there with cardiac arrest, but also, you know, Ryan Hall and, you know, um, Dathan and Brian Sell, uh, when I've been on the team, unfortunately for me, uh, I was overcooked. I overprepared for that win that I wanted, and now, you know, I got to the sideline healthy, but during the race, I had ended up having a pelvic stress fracture, ended up getting eighth place, disappointed, and so See. mentally, physically, emotionally, I was done. I was thought about retiring that year, and, you know, I told my brothers that December of uh, 07, I said, you know what, I think I'm done, and I'm going to need that transition time, but, you know, my wife and I prayed before we left the, the hotel there when we were watching the New York City Marathon, I said, you know, what I was doing in training did not exemplify what it came to results. So I knew there was more yeah. in the tank, even though my mind says you should, you know, it's over and things like that. But my heart says, stick to it, stick to it. And, you know, yeah. and a year later, I went made my Olympic year, you know, so you have every four year, but my Olympic, right. again, have a great sense of purposes. I want New York City Marathon to be my personal Olympics. So if you went to the Olympics in 08, and you came back in 2009, you were mine, you were the target, I'm a competitor, mm. I'm, I'm going to get you, whether it was at a cross-country race or a track or on the marathon. And fortunately for me, I was able to win. My That was my personal gold medal in New York. And then, New York. Hey, Meb, yeah. uh, I, I think it's really interesting. It's like when people are listening to this, I think you might, they might miss the part that you actually broke your pelvis in the race. Yeah. Like you, I mean, which – Look, I've run on a stress fracture. We've all had our little aches and pains, and we've all thought we were we were pretty tough. But not a lot of people have broken their pelvis while running, um, mm. and that's got to put you like in a position where you're like, "What's it all for? I've got a medal. I don't really need to do much more to prove my legacy." Um, and you're you're probably there's probably a lot of doubt that goes into your mind, right? Like you're literally not running for a while, like. And, and folks get injured all the time. So how do you change your mindset from going like, I know this is an injury, but it's just a moment in time. How do you start to maintain that positivity that allows you to go, yeah, I can do this again? You know, Josh, you're exactly right. I, I had no idea. I didn't fall. So I didn't see bleed or injure or cramp up and <laughs> things like that. So I just said, keep going. I know what kept me going was I, I really I was a favorite to win the race uh, and Ryan w- took the lead I said oh maybe I can get second place maybe I can get third place I could be an alternate maybe some I could be second alternate so that kept me going and then soon as uh, I finish you know mentally we when you get to that border of finish line and then we're done you know the mind just it won't get you there but once you get there right. you can't even move an inch so that's what happened and I took six weeks off uh, I, I, to this day, it was how hard New York City course was, the Central Park. Everybody was talking about how grueling the course is. And I saw a doctor that Saturday, that Sunday or Monday, and he decided that I should not do MRI. But I can tell my body was really badly injured. Mm-hmm. And I gave six weeks, and then I tried to make a comeback because at the time I was a Nike athlete, and I want to make the 10K team so I can not get reduced my contract. So mm-hmm. I kind of rushed it a little bit, and then. It got a, probably got set back again, and then ten weeks later is when I realized I actually did have a pelvic stress fracture. It was finally filling in, is what I've been told. Oh wow! So I didn't, I actually didn't know that that you that you rushed it back and then kind of basically like hit reset on the injury, so it extended yeah. the amount of time. I mean, there's not much you can do, right? Because you have to you have to make your living. This is your job. Like it's a beautiful job when everything's clicking, but you know you can do all the miles that you want. But you know sometimes hard work does pay off, and sometimes hard work can also be detrimental to your body. So, so you gotta find that balance factor for your yeah. individual. Yeah. yeah. So when that in that like resilience piece, I, I think it's like super interesting. Where like 
you so say you're starting your run again for the first time and it's probably not you're probably not going out there and doing an easy run at like 5:30 pace right off the bat you're probably going you're probably getting out there and you're probably it's just like getting starting to run again after that injury like what tell us a little bit about that that piece that allows you to go like it's okay i got to trust the process again you know i think what common mistake runners make is okay i'm gonna go for 30 minutes you know what you should just run for five minutes see how you feel just keep building on that and then you know five minutes becomes 10 minutes 10 minutes becomes you know the body and the mind have to educate again because i mean i was literally i remember when i was running san diego from the sidewalk to the road i have to wait until i went to the corner where you can uh, ramp for bikes and stuff that's how the only way i can get down i could not lift my Hmm. leg high enough to get to the sidewalk or go down that way. So you understand that is, you know, your body and mind has not met yet and you have to make very small progress to be able to make those uh, adjustments. But don't rush it. I mean, it was it's devastating. Yeah, I'm going to go for a two-minute run or two-minute walk when you've been running a or an 80-mile or 22-mile run to do two-mile jog or two-mile run is very, de- and you have to start flat. You can't go up or down because you don't want to re-injure or re-educate those muscles. So you have to, you know, believe in the process. Along the, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You have to believe that, but you got to be in the moment and not, you don't want to relapse. You don't want a, sec- a second setback. Right. So you have to, to yep. be extra, extra cautious. And then, I mean, that might have a lot of a lot of applications to what we're going through right now, right? As not only as as runners, but in society, have you thought about what do you think runners are or should be doing during this time of, of quarantine in terms of training? And that can be from the professional athlete all the way down to you know, um, Jill and Joe Jogger just just trying to get their miles in right now. Yeah. You know, I think if you are a runner or people who have done sport, you have to understand this, the, the magnitude of where we are at. I mean, if you participate 5K, 10K, half marathon, full marathon, or or soccer and things like that, you can say, hey, you just got to – there is that perfect feeling day when you go out and you're going to hit it out of the ballpark or you're going to play really well. So mm-hmm. to make that happen – that has, has been taken away from all of us, you know, whether mm. we want to run long run or want a race that we worked hard for or people mm-hmm. want to get their medal off or what they were getting ready for. But they understand that health comes first. As long as you understand that, there will be other uh, magnitude that slow but surely route to back to the normal. And right. you have to be disciplined because runners, uh, I can speak for the runners because I'm one myself, are very patient, are detail-oriented and are meticulous of how needs to be done to get to the to get healthy and that's where i think having done sport pays off versus somebody who never done a sport and then they start panicking what do you mean i can't do this or i need to go out do my business well you know there's a pause right now and if you've right. been injured people who've been injured they will know oh i can't do that yet and it's kind of fits with the with the lifestyle that unfortunately it's the lifestyle we have right now Right. And so, Josh, I think what Med's trying to say is that America has essentially broken its pelvis and we need to we need to ease back into this whole thing. Is that what, you, what do you think, Josh? On the rehab cover on the rehab? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, the one of the cool things is like is Meb, one of the questions that we had that we can revisit when you're outside and when you're running or when you're, you get a chance to exercise. And I imagine like some of those events are going to be similar to that where you get a chance to go back to Boston or go to New York or you race, uh, you know, your local uh, 5k or the Silicon Valley half or whatever, whatever the case is like, that's going to be so much more of an enjoyable experience because people are going to be appreciative of that whole thing. And I know maybe you've got a chance to like do all these really wonderful things like the Boston win, I'm sure was great. Um, New York was probably a fun time to, Olympic marathon, who knows, maybe that was fun. Um, but what were some of the things like outside of the accomplishments that you really appreciate about, about the community, um, that you get a chance to, to experience? You know, what runners appreciate is the resilience of not giving up. You know, for me, uh, in fact, it, all the titles that you listed the Josh, but also when I've when I ran the Rio Olympics in 2016, I was struggling. I was oh, having yeah. a tough, tough, tough time. Yeah. And I stopped seven times and I fell at the end. And 
I regroup myself, I did a push-up, and you know, it's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get back up, and that's what life is, and that's what sport teaches you. So I think many people can relate, uh, oh, may have done a perfect day when you hit Boston or New York or win a silver medal, but also the other times when you are not, like the 2008 Olympic trials, you know, uh, pelvic stress fracture or broken, and be able to just get to that finish line. People earn that respect from you. And right. what I enjoy most is to hear stories of people. Hey, I have an injury and I read your book, Run to Overcome, and it helped me come back. Hey, I met you in genuine. You know, I've met you at Boston or New York or in Iowa or in San Jose and things like that. And say, hey, you know, people, people who run have understanding the pain and the patience and then also the commitment that everybody has. And yeah. I love hearing that story personally, not only when I, when I have won races, but they trust you, they trust you to say, hey, I just lost my my mother two weeks ago. Running has changed my life and I'm gonna go in her honor. So there's a kind of purpose when people come and meet you and tell you and, and the trust goes a long way. And for me, yeah, you know, the medal or the wins are great, but at the same time, I love I love people. I love interacting with people. And, and right now I'm drawing on that. I mean, I have my family yep. here, but at the same time, you know, you see them running, people want to give you a high five. Or I was in Chicago, a guy pulls up to the road and he does a push up. I said, I thought he pulled a hamstring, he fell. And then he goes, <laughs> in your honor. And then it's like crazy, you know, they don't, don't just remember that's the cool. medals, but that's you cool. know, they remember what you have done. Yeah, I, I had like a full beer thrown at me at a run once, and the guy said the same thing, in your honor, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, we all have our experiences, Meb, you know? That's, yeah, absolutely. That's it is. Run for it. But I think that Meb makes a great point, and something we love at Run Local is is the relatability. That like, yeah. You can relate as the first person across the line to the last person across the line. Um, and I was, I don't know, I was think there's a question from, from one of our, our – followers um it's cindy let's see where one of them here she, she was curious what do you think race organizers can do to support like all runners not just up front but like those that that are in the back as well and we, this is something we think about but we're always trying to ex improve the experience for everyone oh, yeah. do you think there's something what do you think guys it's I more you know, experience is important. And I, you know, uh, one I said, my favorite memory of uh, the Olympics was the experience that I had at uh, Sydney, Australia. You know, whether mm -hmm. it's going to the ferries and see sightseeing, the opera house or right. things like that. I think, you know, the, you know, sometimes you come and race and go, but if they can add some kind of experiences with that, with the, what the city is known for, yeah. and, you know, for the people who come, uh, long ways across across the states to have that experience, but I think they have you know some local races that I have done small races is they usually have a, a pasta dinner. I think a pasta mm -hmm. dinner and stuff like that limited amount of people to have that experience, share stories, and and I think that's wonderful because it kind of helps you motivate and also have you know because sometimes you go to races and anyone you hope that you meet. I mean I've been I've been told before they're like, oh my gosh, my weekend is complete. I wanted to come and meet you and. But right. again, they're part of the T-shirt and the other races. But those are the facts that people say. And when you when you, you when you when they say that, it makes you appreciate because sometimes the race organizers want to bring you for a purpose, but not everybody will be able to interact with you. Right. I think that's a really good point. So, Josh, I, this is something uh, my friend Peter Abraham um, down in uh, in LA was talking about at the Olympic trials, trying to find a way to really integrate like the fans and the athletes. And Meb's always been really cool about that. Of like giving his time, signing books for, you know, way longer than he was supposed to be at a booth, uh, whether it is at UCAN or Maui Gym or Skechers at that booth and just staying there and just finding a way to keep the fans and, and the pros united. And I, man, I would love to, to keep that tradition going like to, or to create more of those. Yeah, I think it's, impor it's important. I know to... we don't want to mess up all their concentration, but at the same time, it's great for the sport well i tell people you know when i tell people statement, that statement i suppose less of a question we're gonna get jt to, to stop talking at some point meb so you can answer <laughs> no 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 <laughs> you know i, I gotta I think box, i gotta box this stuff guys you're not gonna get you know, me stopped all day you know people often say you know 
if you run if you run a marathon, you may not want to be on. You know, you need the full con uh, concentration and whatnot. But if you run a half marathon or less, I always you know when I go to Beta Break or Silicon Valley or San Diego Rock and Roll or Big Seven, when I love doing the interacting with people because it just makes you enjoyable but at the same time you're not going to lose that fitness i say i got to be on my feet really watch tv whereas you have hundreds or thousands of people wanted to have interaction that moment for them going to live a lifetime experience versus being locked up in the room so i agree with you jt it's just always nice you know if you're running when i ran 101 in san jose i was doing the press conference meeting people and books uh, and and doing other stuff that that sponsor ass so it was it's always nice to be able to give it back that way because for some people including myself is a lifetime experience yeah but i imagine mavic it's like it's a it's a vibe for you too right like i mean you got to get some energy from that crowd too not just oh, giving it absolutely no it's i always said people people say i'm sorry to discuss it it's always an honor for me you know honor and privilege because i get i get that energy feel from them is a neutral, it's, uh, it's contagious, and right. you get up, go, 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 you know. But your point, Josh, is <clears throat> but then when you, when I not, when I put my head in the pillow and I'm out, but <laughs> at that time, you know, uh, it's a marathon after a marathon. I mean, people say, Oh, I run a marathon in six hours, or I run in five hours. Uh, you, you do the marathon, you showered up, you ready, you done all this and this, you probably eat a hamburger. I said, yeah, I eat a hamburger, but not until 10 p.m. Because for me, it's always something going on after the marathon. I don't, you know, I might come and change and go, but I, uh, I have, it's until 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. is when I get back to my room. Uh, I might have to be done at 11 or 12 o'clock, but I still have some other commitments to clear. But the energy of the run, the energy of the people keeps you going. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's super cool. I mean, we've both experienced that. I remember when you were uh, in San Francisco for Beta Breakers when, uh, um, I don't know, it's maybe like your kids were super young at the time, but there was a line out the door of the expo hall just to just to come in and meet you and you stayed there the whole time. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. But yeah. Yeah, so one, one thing I want to uh, ask you about though, speaking of your family, like a tiny transition into that. Um, like I know that, that it's like all of this travels taken up a ton of time um, when your girls were, were young, right? Like you're, you're on from race, you're all these commitments. You, now you got all this time. Like what are some of the things um, that now that you're, you know, you've got a little bit more time with the girls that you've, you've, you've really enjoyed with this new period of your life. Yeah, Josh, I remember when he said big, uh, beta break, I remember people were, when we came in, you and I were coming and there was a line, but they were sitting down waiting. And then all of a sudden when I came up, all of a sudden got up, it was a three of a lifetime. <laughs> it was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, that happens to me I, though. Like when I walk in anywhere, to be honest, man. I, I, so it probably had nothing I'm to trying, do with you. I'm trying to be like you. That's why I know I'm trying to be like you. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> But, you know, family has always been important to me and it's still important to me. Uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, whenever I am, for me, it hasn't changed a lot right now. When, when I'm at home, I'm always with, at the house through from Monday to Thursday or Monday to Friday, unless I'm traveling on the weekend. So uh, what I did miss about when I was traveling was on the weekends, uh, you know, when they have when they have school, I would travel and uh, uh, for business. But uh, now, you know, unfortunately we're in quarantine. But uh, uh, you know, try to do as much as I can with them. Whether it's uh, read a book or whether I'm playing soccer or trying to score, uh, playing soccer and trying to score in the basketball net and so fun stuff. Or they are playing volleyball. Unfortunately, I. I got injured my shoulder like about five weeks ago. <laughs> were you so, just spike? Were you just spiking it on the girls? No, like, I was running like, with a soccer. Ugh. I just my body cannot keep up with my mind, and I hit it really hard. And I uh, welcome, I welcome to the masters division. Welcome <laughs> to the masters division, man. It doesn't get much better after that. Time to recover, that's for sure. That sucks. Yeah, I'm yeah. about to join you guys in five months. Five months for masters in five months. Mm -hmm. wow. Taking you both down. I'm coming. He's coming. Okay. Train. Train. Yeah, yeah, you might. Yeah, you keep. <laughs> JT says that as he has another sip of wine. So I'm feeling. I'm feeling okay. <laughs> hey, you know, Josh. He he's, he said it early. He shouldn't just kept quiet and say, "Hey, I'm ready for you guys in five months." But he says something now. So. Yeah, now I know. 
I know. Yeah, you see that? See that? Men's What's the distance? Play. What's the distance? Mental note. I'm taking a mental note. <laughs> we, uh, What's the distance? Yeah, what distance do you think you're – what distance do you think you can take map down in, JT? 50K. 50K? Oh, you got that. I'm not doing see? 50K. <laughs> see, you won't even do it. I knew it. That's the one I wanted to pick. <laughs> Dude. Fair point. Fair point. Like any race that you have to pack a sandwich for is too long. <laughs> you got a point there. You got a point there. I have my good friend Mike. Uh, Mike Lilly. Fanny, pa- fanny pack is a fanny pack is. A, I don't want to be in that program yet. Yeah, he's got. He's got like a. He's got like a six inch sub back there. He's like midway through, <laughs> like a meatball sub. Oh, it's delicious. Weighs heavy. Uh, Don't worry, I got you. Can't I got I got you? Can't to carry me through though. So if I decide to do it, I got you. Can that's right. There you go. Protein pack. We uh, so uh, one that reminds me. I don't know why meatball sandwiches remind me of that, but all the wonderful nutrition uh, choices that I made in college, meatball sub was up there. Um, But when you and I race, I know we were going to talk about this, but I'll do do a total non sequitur to when you and I first raced and. Uh, you might not remember it um, as vividly as I do, but it was in Pasco, Washington, 1996. And you, myself, and a gentleman by the name of Adam Goucher were all in the race. Right? I'm it's sure K- that's the three people they announced before the race, too. AK Cross Country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's back where I grew up, right? So, yeah. you know. Local boy. A lot of Local pressure. Boy. A lot of pressure coming back. Uh, and I remember midway through the race is I'm halfway up like the like the, the the biggest hill on the final lap, and I look over to my right, and I see Meb and Adam, and they're not necessarily right next to me, they're about a half a mile in front of me, and I, but I could see them uh, on their way to the finish line, and I remember thinking like, man, that looks like a that looks like a great race to watch. Boy, I'm glad I got a, a great view of this race. And then I realized that I was actually in the same race, so that was a little bit of a a little bit of a uh, of an interesting. That's so great. Yeah. Matt, do you remember this race? Is this a real thing, or is Josh just like no. making things up? It's a real race. Is the uh, but I can relate. I can relate. Uh, I told you about this race in '96, uh, but in, uh, in Washington. But it was a uh, you know I was trying to go for that win, but I never beat Goucher. You know, he beat me in high school. He beat me. On the cross country, I beat him in the, on the 5K as a freshman, and when he was at CU, I was in UCLA. But 96, I said, "Man, I got a big goucher," and he got me by like two seconds. It was ah, it was tough loss, and uh, you know. And then eventually, I the only time I ever beat goucher at a cross country was at the NCAA when it counted the most. He had Bernard Lagarde, Kevin Sullivan, Abdi, the Howard Twins. Sean Kelly. I mean, it was who of who of who of that who year. Too. Was that in Kansas? Right. Was that was that a Kansas at Rimrock? Durant, uh, North Carolina. Durant. Oh, North Carolina. Durant. So it was after that, after Kansas. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the, but, the point I was know. making the point I was making about the point I was making about Pasco is at the end, Meb, which you which you probably missed out on is they gave out pies. Oh, not <laughs> to the winners, but they gave out like homemade pies. And it was it was for uh, say like every twelfth finisher, so it had just nothing random. to do nothing just to random. do with the yeah. And so I came with pot one year. Can, can I go back? Can I get? Can I go back and get it? Yeah, I don't know. You know what? You can, every, yes. <laughs> it's just like what I, 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 I still got the bib. I still got the bib. <laughs> Meb, Meb, if you if you show us a picture of a bib, uh, we will JT will bake you a pie. All right, <laughs> all right. Uh, give me some time. It's still in San Diego. The bib in San Diego, but I'll give me some time. I'll get it to you. <laughs> oh, but uh, Josh, I could relate to that. Uh, I love Cali. I love Cali. <laughs> uh, but to your point, Josh, is uh, so similar story at the 2000 Olympic Games. I am. I'm looking to me. Hey. Look to your right. I looked to my left. I'm looking highly Gabriel Selassie and Looking it out, and I'm like the. But luckily for me, I had the screen in front of me, the big Champatron, the screen was there. And I'm like, I don't care this race. I want. I, they might not show replay. I, I can't miss that race. So I was just watching the race. And then the David <laughs> Van from Mexico passed me. I'm like, I don't know what number of place I was in. I don't care about this. I got to watch this race. And then eventually I got him. But that's I could relate to that. There was a 
sometimes you don't want to miss those opportunities. And Heilegger was last in Pottergan where my idols growing up and uh, competed yeah. against them, actually, but great, great race. Yeah, that finish was closer than the uh, closer finish than the 100 meters. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty much the same thing. Like us racing in Pasco, you beating me by three minutes in an 8K, or you competing, you know, in Sydney in the Olympics. Same thing, same thing. Apples and oranges. Yeah. Apples and hey, oranges. At the end of the day is you got to start with Ron Local. That's yeah, right. Yeah, you got to right represent here. the local. Represent the local, baby. Um, no, no pies in the gotta... Sydney Olympics, unfortunately. <laughs> Meb. Uh, That's great. Look, we got a couple of questions from uh, our listeners, our viewers um, that, that threw them in there. Uh, you game to, to answer a few questions? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what your agent told you, whether or not you'd be available to answer questions. But, I mean, your agent. My agent is my brother, and I have the right, the right I reserve the right to not answer it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he already did you he already did you a background. He actually just wrote, yeah, he just texted man, you know, me a question and said, where's my so. check? Right. Wait, said, where's the check? How <laughs> just asked me to ask where the check was? Yeah, he wants to know where the money is. Tell him it's in the mail. 45 minutes. It's, it's in, in the, the mail. It's in the mail with the pie. Hey, <laughs> he, he, he is a Jerry McGuire of the track and field, you know what I mean? He yeah, is. yeah. It's just... <laughs> Nah. <laughs> Show me the money. I just uh, recently watched that movie. I just recently watched that movie just this last week, so I have to say it. Oh yeah, is that the first time you saw it? No, 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 not the first time. But I actually had a, you know, I signed up with him, uh, Lee Steinberg. I signed up with him. He, I, I worked with him at one point. Uh, Tom Cruise? No, 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 <laughs> Tom Cruise. Uh, Lee Steinberg was the movies after Lee Steinberg. No, that's right. <laughs> Oh, Tom Cruise would be, you know, that's when he made it. That's when you made it. Yeah, that's PC, made it. All. <laughs> all right, man. Let me let me look at a couple questions here. Uh, we answered the first one. Uh, let's see another one here. I'm gonna uh, uh, let's see. I'm gonna pick one randomly here. Um, let's have you. This is interesting. Have you learned any? This is from Kelly, uh, all the way from Los Gatos, California. Have you learned any new skills or hobbies while staying at home, sheltering in place? <laughs> Thank you for that question, Kelly. Los Gatos. I've been to the Los Gatos trails there, bro. That's right. Uh, I ran many, many miles. In fact, I ran that my last hard run before the 2004 Olympic trials in Sacramento because my brother lives in San Jose and I have a sister Berkeley but yeah no I think some of the skills that I've been doing is I'm doing a lot of um, motivational speaking I've been writing I've been watching videos and I think mm. I'm, I'm an Obama fan so I've been listening to a lot of his speeches and uh, delivering speeches uh, I do miss him and uh, but uh, <laughs> I think playing playing soccer has been fun but also mm. you know it's not a, you know, my daughters and I would dribble the soccer and try to make it in the basketball net. And then I knew ESPN had something, a girl scored from, she had, Bill Walton was in there and they're doing commentating. And then next thing I know is she scored it from the back. I said, I give it up. The little girl with the bicycle kick, right? Yeah, that was, I mean, that yeah, was, was crazy. I said it, that was, okay, I can't try anymore. <laughs> You're done. You're done. Yeah, I was done. She already got it. I love but that. no, I mean, uh, just read. I'm reading more often during this time and uh, work on my speeches and things like that. Hey, you need a garbage disposal uh, installed by any chance? That's what I've been doing. A little J plumbing, Josh? Data service but plumbing. Comments, uh, the plumber. Plumber? <laughs> uh, no, no, I haven't been doing any. I haven't been doing any plumbing, to be honest. Yeah. Well, uh, dog's been getting a lot of walks. Uh, he's yeah. exhausted. He wants to, he, he like hid for his afternoon walk. He's like, nah, dude, I'm good. I'm good right here. <laughs> like too much attention. <laughs> can you can y'all just leave? Yeah. Hey Matt, what are hey, you? Hey, the dog is only on sports. He was on two on two day training program. Yeah, two day thing in high school, you think? What's hey, that? I was curious what the girls' sport of choice was in Meb's household. Oh, they love soccer. They play soccer. Um I think my daughter tried out, my Fiori, who tried out for flag football. 
Uh, they played for mm -hmm. their middle school soccer, and then they were in the club uh, soccer, and I've been traveling quite a bit to those. Yeah. Uh, but they just got, obviously, when I was actually in Orlando, I flew from Indianapolis, Orlando, meet her, my daughter there, and then uh, watched her two games and drove down, and then that was the last travel that I had. Uh, but then everything after that, everything got canceled. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, on that note, you know, all our prayers and thoughts are, you know, here we are having fun and friendship and whatnot, but there's a lot of people who've been struggling and going through the tough times, and our prayers and thoughts are, I should have said that at the beginning, battle with them, and as they fight this challenging and difficult situation and moments. Yeah. You know what, man? Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but I, I want to call it out because it was actually super cool. Like JT uh, and and Run Local uh, gave away a bunch of shoes to folks who uh, got laid off. And oh, JT, mm. I know, I, 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 you know, we don't have to dwell on this, but um, I saw don't that. talk about me. Yeah, in, in your generosity. I thought that was super cool, man. Um, that was one of the coolest things um, that, that, that you've done. Um, the list is short, to be fair. It was really fun. It was really fun because you had these two problems, right? You have all these people that lost their job, whether they're, they're waiters or bartenders or, you know, you're not driving the Uber right then. And they're runners, and yet, you know, they feel like uh, something certain. And at the same time, you've got specialty retail uh, run stores that are just hurting because they have to close their doors. And it was a great way for Soul Focus, you know, our, our parent company to step up and be like, who needs a pair of shoes? Like right now, first 20 people to get back to me, tell me where they lost their job. And we but we were able to buy 20 pair, 20 $100 gift certificates from local run stores all across the country. You know what the best part was? And this kind of comes back to this friendship and fun connecting, was me being able to email and talk to a running store in like Flint, Michigan. Uh, I talked to a guy at first, first Play Sports down in um, in Jacksonville, Florida, down yeah. by Map, and and just get to connect with all of them and be like, "How you doing?" Like, and I want to. How do I buy a gift certificate? And it was so much fun. That's cool. That, that is cool, man. Um, hey, JT. On that note, uh, really interesting. Katie uh, dropped in a question as well from Meb. It said, "Meb, with that in mind, who would you consider an integral part of your running network that may not be obvious? You know, like a little mm. shop, maybe a non-runner friend." Um, and any suggestions on on folks to to add to our network? I think what she That's might cool. be looking for is like, what's the what's the support network outside of running that you have? Did we lose Meb? I don't know. Might be connect, Might be reconnecting. Um, it looks like it's it looks like it's connecting back there. up. There, I'm back. I'm okay, back up. sweet. All right, there we go. Can you hear that question again? Go ahead. Not really. Okay. Um, so what we were saying is like, JT's in stuff with local communities, and Katie asked a question to you, Matt, said, who would you consider an integral part of your running network that may not be obvious? Like a local running shoe shop, some non-runner friends, something like that. And how do you kind of expand that network, uh, uh, that support network? You know, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of people on my support, and sometimes you hear them through Twitter or uh, stories, but probably one, you know, that volunteered his time is Rich Levy. Uh, you know, about my Bob Larson, my brother Howie, and my wife Yardanos, and people who pays me, but Rich Levy was a good friend of mine through his son, David Levy. We were not teammates, but the same year in San Diego. Uh, his dad used to pick us up because I didn't have a car and he would pick me up every Sunday to go for, for a run. And he's been there every step of the way. And David and I, we, we used to joke around his son, David, he's like, we're going to have a bread company. We're going to get more and David bread company. And we're going to be roommate <laughs> in college. And I went to Arkansas, we ended up went to UCLA. So life took out different ventures. And then eventually, but we always connected and his... Rich is probably one of my best friends. He was able to say, you know what, I helped you as long as I can. But he gave me a note uh, to say, you know, what to do in college. He gave me things to do when I bought a house. He says, you know what, here's what you need to do in terms of finance. I gave this to my son and son and daughter. Here's, I give you the same thing, advice. And guess what? He was a guy that rode the bike with me. He says, hmm. I am one phone call away just give me a day or two day notice. If you ever need a Mammoth Lakes, I'm gonna drive. As long as my wife says, okay, I'm gonna drive. So he, and he's done that for me, you know? And 
That's amazing. I, mean, I talk about the Van Camps quite a bit in my books, but probably Rich Levy, I would say, who's been underrated. And but you know, I, even I was by, by myself, he would come before the workout. He, I need him maybe for my repeats or long run or tempo. But he would say, you know what? What time do we meet? He would be there for my warm ups. He would be there for my cool down and all that stuff. So he's a uh, he's pretty you know, pretty amazing guy. Yeah, Cheers to Mr. Levy. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's a that's a great question. Um, and even on that note, even you know, he would say, "Hey, come over." Whenever I was in San Diego, I remember I was living at the Olympic Training Center for Boston 2013, and he would say, "Come to the, our house," and you know, so you won't get stuck in traffic for your workouts. Come spend the night at our house. So there were many people who opened the doors for me, but the the Levy definitely stand out. Well, Meb, you know, it's, so it's all got to start somewhere, right? Like, I, and we talked about this early when you're with your in PE, uh, getting a getting a T-shirt and an A. <laughs> Who knows which order it was? Um, but Daniel uh, from Marina, California, wants I to like know. I like this question. That's the one I wanted to, to ask. Know, Good one. Yeah, you like that one? You want to ask it? Yeah, I wanted to ask the one from Daniel from Marina, California. He wants to know how can I make running fun for my four-year-old son. He says, I desperately want to follow, desperately want him to follow my footsteps as a former competitive distance runner. So uh, that's a really touchy spot, right? Like you really want uh, your son to, to, to follow in your footsteps, but at the same time, you want to make it fun. So it's kind of a, it's tough, it's a tough tightrope to walk. What do you think, Mep? You know, Daniel, that's a great question and have been a father of three. They have their, they want to reduce those things. And he's at that age, he probably just say, hey, dad, let's go outside. If you can take him outside when it's appropriate. I'll be able to just say, hey, let's just let's race to the car or to the block or whatnot. And then they're going to remember that as long as you keep doing that. Not like, hey, we're going to do a workout by any means. Just mm. say, hey, let's go to the track and do a lap. And then I owe this a lot to my wife, Yordanos, for taking the girls. When I was in Mammoth, sometimes the girls won't have the urge to say, hey, can we go to San Diego High where I went to high school? And I was in Mammoth. They were, she would take them to San Diego High. I'm a high school and write a lap or two or maybe just see who can do 200 meter or 100 meter and just by taking them there they're getting people to see athletic and just recently last week my youngest daughter just says hey can we go run a mile out of the bloom I didn't say I'm like you know yeah I tell yes, her you know she, let's go you know yeah and we went for a run and and you tell them you know in high school or whatnot I want you to do soccer I want you to do uh, running and things like that but you have to practice it and just let me know when you're ready. Keep communicating mm -hmm. that, and they will do that. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it's just like getting them to love a bit, of, a bit of movement is the yeah. first starting point. You know? Yeah. Get them to enjoy. I would, how I, to move. I would say David. Uh, I mean Daniel to say, you know, we, you know, I tell him, you don't, you don't want to live through them. You know, you had your competitive career like you had uh, Daniel and. And the other thing is now it's them. It's about how do you nurture that love and that fun and, and enjoying it. Make it fun. Do a local 5K or eventually my, my um, uh, yeah, middle child just did the half marathon. This She wants to do a marathon. She's 13. I'm like, I'm trying to hold her as much as I can. <laughs> for a marathon, I'm like, like hold her back. She walked with her aunt, uh, my sister in San Diego, and then she uh, she ran walk with Yordanos, this one in Gasparilla this year, just a couple months ago. And she wants to do a marathon. I said, no, and I'll do it with you. I want you to enjoy this for a long time. I'll pace right. you and hopefully we'll get it done. But don't, you know, you want them to have fun instead of just say, oh, you got to do this. Yeah, yeah. It's You know what's crazy to me is it's like, it's like you think about all these races that we've all done collectively, all three of us, and everybody who's listening has done a bunch of races. And I never reflect back and, and think of the result. It's always about, the, you know, kind of how, how we felt about it. Was it a good effort? Was it something, you know, was it was it fun before? Was it fun after? You know, did I make sure that I, that I you know, put forth as best as I could. And that's it. That's when you're competing. But when it comes mm -hmm. down to these like large scale events, it's all about how you make people feel right. I guess that's a little bit of a, uh, me chopping up a Maya Angelou quote. Like they, they don't remember what you tell them. Remember how you made them feel or something along those mm -hmm. lines. And Meb, I mean, you do such a wonderful job of making people feel in, yeah. involved and engaged and all of that. Um, and you know, when you're thinking about uh, the kind of the kids in that, like, how do you how do you keep them excited? How do you keep them doing that? 
you know, it's just it's a habit, you know, it's a really a habit. Uh, you know, we all brush our teeth in the morning, not at four o'clock in the afternoon. Why? Because it feels good. It gets an, it's a routine. And for them, it's just starting to create a routine for the kid to just say, hey, you know what, when you have uh, on the weekends or Friday after school is done, we, I want to go for a little run and then not Friday, Saturday and Sunday, but just do maybe Friday and Sunday or maybe one day of the week. And if you have that routine, they're going to they, they're gonna love it because yeah. it's the yeah. thing to do. I mean, most like our middle child, Fiore, she wants to know what we're going to do the next day. We want to do one. She wants to plan, you know, and the others. Uh, they love it, but at the same time, you just spare the moment. But for her, it's right. just got to be. So you got to know your child, which way they function better, and allow you to just say, hey, why not try this? You know, let's do push-ups, especially at this point right now. I mean, I remember uh, Daniel, you have a four-year-old son or daughter. Put them on your back and try to do push-ups or have them sit on your legs when you do the crunches and stuff like mm-hmm. that because they see that. And that was fun. I was just looking at a picture when I was at Mammoth Lakes uh, doing a core workout with Fiori and Johanna. And she's like, what she's doing on you? I was like, what she interrupting? And we were doing core workout and came to play playful. So the more you do those things, the more you're going to get in touch with you and be able to enjoy your, you know, the things that you're gonna, they're going to they're gonna listen you do. And lead by example at the end of the day is in a healthy diet, say, hey, let's yeah. eat fruits and things like that. Let's have fruit time. Or, but stretches, core workouts, push-ups, uh, those things and you can do indoors yeah. and hopping around and things like that because kids, they're meant to run. We all meant to run, to move some point or another. Maybe yeah. not at 100 miles or not 50K or whatever, but at one point, we want to be able to do it's a training regimen. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know uh, we got one more that came in on the, on the live, which I think is really fantastic. Whoa. I know, I know. Hang tight. Um, it's a perfect segue. So uh, Tom H. wants to know, Meb, and I think this is a nice little segue here. You ever think about coaching? Mm. <laughs> uh, I definitely do. I, I love coaching. Um, I did my first uh, high school, Jeff Stoic. Uh, he was a football player. He won the eight run 800. I helped him run 202, I believe, as a football player. And then I coached my first job was in 2002. I came back to early for, I came early from Sydney trip to coach at the uh, San Diego City College with Paul Greer. And eventually I have given advice over time. But yeah, it's interest of me, I think, Collegiately, eventually, when the girls are older, right now is the priority is the kids and, and doing motivational speaking and engagements, speaking engagements. But uh, yeah, I think I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to elite elite yet. But at the same time, I love hearing people. You know, when I was in Atlanta for the trials, people say a lot of people have been asking when am I going to start coaching? When I'm going to start coaching? Mm-hmm. So I am started to think, especially now being at home, at home more time. I'm thinking about that more often than before. Yeah. We're continuing to plant that seed. We're, we're watering that seed. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you, whenever you want to experiment, uh, JT and I are, are willing uh, to, you know. Let's go, coach. You got, you got. So what your coach, his coach taught me how to run hills at Runners Workshop in Tahoe in 1998. Bob Larson oh, yeah. taught me how to run hills, and now I want Meb to push me over the top. All yeah. right. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> coach Bob Larson, you know, it all leads to Coach Bob Larson in one way or another. <laughs> Shout out to Bobcat. <laughs> I'm glad you said it, not me. <laughs> uh, uh, I think that's a perfect way to end this. And the, but I do think there's some really the ways to continue to follow Meb. I know you can check out his website, marathonmeb.com. You got the Meb Foundation, right? You can still run the New York City Marathon. Yeah, hopefully. absolutely. What else can we get? How else can we connect with Meb? Yeah, yeah, Meb, you got you got a couple of books now. Yeah, and uh, as we said earlier, the first person is going to win this book, Autographed, the 26 Marathons, uh, memoir of my 26 marathons, uh, and then Meb for Mortals, uh, both of those 26 marathons, Meb for Mortals, New York bestseller, and then Run to Overcome is uh, autobiography of our family. And I humble begin from air chat all the way to the be the New York City Marathon champion, the Boston champion. So yeah. if you are looking for a read, give it a shot. And if you have already, thank you for your support. And I always say run to win. It doesn't mean getting first place, but getting the best out of yourself. And all this time, the situation we're in, do our best to be there for friends and runners and non-runners and the community 
to be uh, uh, light at the end of the tunnel, give them hope and inspiration because we could all use it. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, Meb, a ton for, for being on the show. Uh, please uh, give our best to your Donuts, the girls, and, uh, uh, you know, maybe even Howie. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> even Howie. Maybe even maybe Howie. Even all right. I don't know. Thanks, guys. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. thanks a lot, and, Thank you, Meb. And, Josh, thank you all for all of our listeners back at home. Um, we are doing more of these live podcasts, putting our podcasts on here. Please subscribe uh, on the button below on the YouTubes. Also, we'll be doing a run local workout Wednesday, this Wednesday, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time with Coach Katie Gott. We'll be back here on the YouTube live. I'm sure there's a number of other things that Dave wants me to plug, but producer Dave, runlocalevents.com. That'll get them all the information they need. Josh? Yeah, we're doing this whether people are watching or not. So it's a little- I don't care really helpful if people watch this you know <laughs> i just love you i love Matt. it was so much fun connecting with two of my friends uh on a monday afternoon evening um, all right pie in the check is in the mail Mab. thanks a ton <laughs> adios yeah, my thank friend. you all, all right, right. Bye. Bye. nice